Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them 10 times, they might win nine, but not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we stay with them and we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest team in the world. You were born to play, every one of you, and you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great team they have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out and take it. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Blevins to talk about competition. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Are you ready for a little friendly competition? Tell me, what sort of person are you? Do you like it when you're up against other people and you have to really dig deep to show them what you're made of? Do you love watching a really good game or would you rather just out be playing the game yourself? How is competition good or bad for us? Can it be applied to the spiritual life? Our show is going to be a little bit different today. Normally on Pop Culture Catechism, we are looking at themes in lyrics from a musical artist or in a, a movie or a show or something classic from pop culture from the past that's been really influential. But there's way more to pop culture than that. And my bias as a musician and a literature major tends to be for stories and movies and music. But I've been wanting for a while to talk to Jonathan Blevins, who is uh, in the top 1% of streamers on Twitch. He's got 53,000 and counting subscribers. He streams video games and does competitive video games and is also very involved in uh, or has, is a great fan of competitive sports. And so I've been wanting to, to talk to him. And big part of pop culture is competitive sports and competitive games. So I wanted to talk to him. So it's a little bit different show today. We're not going to be talking about one piece of pop art in particular, but we're going to be kind of talking about what I'm going to call a charism of competition. So there's, uh, for many of us, competition is a lot of our social life. We base our schedules around when we're going to watch this game or when we're going to play games with our friends. You know, we base when we're going to go to church on when, it, when are the Redskins or not the Redskins anymore, the commanders now, <laughs> when the commanders are playing or whatever is your favorite team. And so we can build a lot of our lives around these competitions and these teams. So I'm excited to talk to Jonathan today and dig in a little bit more to why this is such a big part of so many of our lives. So I, if you don't know who I am, am Mike Tenney, Catholic speaker and worship leader. I'm from Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and trying to make it big as a rock star at night. And now I'm blessed to speak to thousands of people each year at events all over the place and through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. This is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies where we take a look at the media and the pop culture that you're plugged into. So then when we unplug, we can go out in the real world and actually live God's love and know God's love a little bit better. So that's my goal for us by the end of this episode is you're going to be able to walk away for this and put your phone down and actually go love the people in your life better and know God's love better in your own life. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com. And I want to welcome to the show, Jonathan Blevins. Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing so well. I'm ready to run through a wall after your <laughs> inspirational quote at the beginning. Awesome. Good, good. So Jonathan, <laughs> I, know, I know who you are, but, and a lot of people know who you are, but for the people that don't know who you are, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Jonathan Blevins. I'm the CEO of Little Flower Media, a new media company that we started about uh, actually a year ago, just a couple of days ago on my birthday. Um, it's a new media company using social media, Twitch, YouTube, live streaming, and other platforms in order to try to make the world a better place. Uh, the average the average person spends you know eight hours a day 
uh, roughly on in front of a screen. Uh, and a lot of that stuff can be really toxic. And we just think that the gospel belongs there. Uh, and so we're doing a lot of fun things with that. I'm married with uh, three kids, uh, two boys and a girl, seven, six, and two years old. Been married for nine years as of about a week ago. Um, I was born in Detroit, so I'm a diehard Detroit Lions fan. Uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. All other <laughs> Michigan and Detroit teams, love that. Grew up in the Chicagoland area uh, with my mom, dad, and two siblings. Um, had kind of a reversion into the faith when I was uh, 18 years old. Had a, a priest really just kind of walk with me and spent a lot of time with me, um, encouraging me to, to live a life with God, which has been great. And so that inspired me to work in the church for about 15 years. I have my bachelor's and master's uh, degree in theology. I did a lot of youth ministry, Catholic speaking, um, and director of evangelization at a couple of parishes until a year ago when we started this company. So yes. that is the fast version of a little yeah, bit of me. It's, it's a lot like my story in a lot of ways, actually. It sounds a lot <laughs> like master's in theology. Check. <laughs> Trying to evangelize online. Check. Married about 10 years with a few kids. Yep. Check. So <laughs> I, I feel you, man. Did I'm, we just I'm, become I'm best friends? We just did. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We got to, we got to, to really become best friends, you're going to have to kick my butt at Fortnite, though. That's really what's going to happen, have to happen. Okay. So. Sweet. We can make yeah. it happen. Maybe. All right. Cool. I'm not, I'm not great at Fortnite. I played a lot of Destiny. That was probably the, the most online uh, I played. I played a lot of Halo. Actually, when I first reached out to you, it was because I wanted to talk about Halo because that's just, it's such a great game series. And they just had the Halo series, which uh, TV series on Paramount Plus, which was like not very good. And I was like, oh, we could talk to him. And I wanted to talk to Jonathan for a while. And I reached out and you said something that blew my mind. Do you remember what you told me when I told you I wanted to talk about Halo? I think I told you that I've never really played the campaign version, and so I have no idea about any of the lore. With yeah, Halo. and you you told me you had like never played the story version of like any video game. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of like like MMOs, RPGs, uh-huh, yeah. um, Final Fan- some of the older Final Fantasies that I played, but otherwise, like I've always just gone right to matchmaking, right to competitive. Uh, every single time. Yeah, so that's that's crazy because to, for for me because like in in the Catholic world, if you want to talk video games, like you're the video game guy to talk to in in a, in a lot of ways. I feel like, and so that that is very opposite to me. Like I love a good story. I love like Uncharted and like Horizon Zero Dawn and and God of War. We did an episode on on God of War with uh, with with Taylor Schroll and uh, uh, about a year back. So I, I love those deep immersive stories and those sorts of things. And um, I've done some online competitive stuff as well. But anyway, so I I really want wanted to when when you said that um I thought well this is a really different perspective for me so I think I really need to have him on the show now so and I I suggested this idea of talking about a charism of competition because it seems like in a lot of different areas of your life both with sports and with video games you are very much steeped in this world of competing with other people which I think a lot of times as as not necessarily antithetical to to Christianity, but just isn't kind of seen as the same thing. Like they're in, in totally different worlds. So I wanted to talk with you and chat with you. Like, what is what does that look like in your life? Like, what is what is your spirituality like? What is how how do you make that work? So I wanted to ask you some some questions about that. Um, first of all, just like how did how did you get into like playing competitively online? Yeah, I mean, so I've, I'm the oldest of three uh, boys and. We're all two years apart. So my two brothers and I have been competitive like our whole lives, but it's a, we're also best friends. Um, so we, we've always done everything together. And even if we were fighting a lot as kids, it was always kind of in good fun. Uh, and when, you know, when the stuff hits the fan, like backs against the wall, we always had each other's back all the time, no matter what. 
And I really enjoyed that. I loved, I loved the competition with them. Uh, you know, video games in general, that all started with sports, right? And then video games kind of became a thing or competitive video games became a thing. And I was a little older than them when that happened. And I wanted to keep up because they're like, oh, we should play this Halo game and play together. And they were always a little bit better than me. Uh, and so I would like drop the controller, run over and like punch him and then go back and then try to kill him in games. And then matchmaking became a thing in Halo and you could play on the same team against other people. Yeah. Um, and so now all of a sudden, like we're never, we're never fighting unless mm -hmm. it's about one of us messing up to, to win that game. And so all of a sudden, like we're working together with a common goal and a common task. And then you can celebrate and have like something that you actually achieve at the end. Uh, yeah. And that's, so I feel like that's how I got to be competitive. Mm -hmm. um, but also I'm, I'm super friendly about it. I, lo I love Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he's a really good example of somebody who like achieved, you know, it was, it was a starting QB in the NFL with an unbelievable, you know, overtime throw in a playoff game. The guy has achieved, you know, almost all you can achieve except for a Super Bowl. Uh, and he did so while loving people and helping the teammate up who, who knocked him down uh, and got up with him. I just, so I think there's a way to be competitive, but also to, uh, to live the gospel out. Yeah, a lot of what you said speaks to me because I'm I'm one of three boys as well. Although I'm the I'm the youngest, <laughs> I'm the attention seeker. Pay attention to me, guys. <laughs> you know, hey, I want to hang out with you, even though I'm like five years younger. So <laughs> that that was me. Um, but a lot of what you said about like the competition, kind of friendly competition, like I think a, a lot of times guys can really thrive. I, I, I think some girls can too, but I, I know just having grown up in a very male environment, like guys can really thrive in that environment, and like you can get in a fight with somebody and then like the next day your best friends, you know, it's <laughs> something like, sometimes you just yeah. like, gotta, gotta work out that aggression a little bit. Um, and I totally know what you mean about the, when you're working together collaboratively, cooperatively, uh, a game I played a, a lot of with my friends is destiny and destiny too. And it's very much about, yeah, you're on a, you're on a, you're, you're matchmaking, you're on a team together on a fire team and you, you go and do, uh, like a three man mission. That's a little bit harder, or you can do these raids, which take like three or four hours and it's a six man team. And you really got to know what you're doing and everybody's <laughs> got to know your role. And like, I, I love that. It reminded me like being on a soccer team and like being part of the team is like, all right, you're playing defense. You're playing offense. You got to get in there and take a shot on goal or you got to be back here and make sure that guy doesn't get the ball. And it, I, yeah, I love that cohesiveness. And when you really achieve something, it feels like awesome and epic, you know? So I totally get what you're saying. So for sure. Now I, I know for some people, what we're, we're talking about is like a little bit Greek, like the, the, even the idea of esports or like competitive online gaming and like some people would even like make money off of that is like a totally foreign concept. Can you just tell us a little bit about the the world of, of esports? And because I don't think some people even realize it's a thing and that if it is a thing, how big it's gotten. Yeah. So esports and Twitch in general, video game streaming are kind of new things still, right? About 10 to 15 years old. Um, Twitch is a website where you can now stream anything. You can do cooking stuff. You can do you know, knitting, you could do live watch parties with, you know, Amazon Prime shows, or you can play video games. And the biggest criticism I've heard over the last 15 years is like, why would you watch someone play games when you could just go play yourself? Mm -hmm. But we do this with all, all kinds of things. Why watch football when you can just go play football yourself? Why watch a cooking show when you can just go cook yourself? Yeah. Uh, there are some people who are just more entertaining and better at the game. Um, and I, I try to tell people who are like, why would someone just watch someone online? It's very, it's, it's almost like being able to talk to your favorite actor um, when you were, when you were, or an athlete, when you're watching them on TV growing up, like Twitch, you can live interact with people who are streaming and talk to them and, and have an actual community with the people that you enjoy. And so that's kind of the, the draw. Um, and about same around that time that Twitch kind of blew up, esports became a thing. I always joke, like I'm, 
most of the Twitch community will hate me because I do not think esports are sports. Uh, I think there's just a big difference between like being an athlete and then being an e athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, it's the competition is real and the skill is is real, and you have to put in the time in order to be good at a game. Uh, and it just kind of blew up with Call of Duty and Halo. Counter Strike kind of kicked it all off, but then it really exploded, and people started playing in stadiums, and people would travel from all over the world to like watch these live events where people are mm-hmm. competing. And to have ultimately one winner who wins, you know, a big, a big cash prize. Yeah. Uh, and you can stream these things online now. Back in the day, they didn't really have a way of doing that. But now you can watch your favorite team, your favorite video game uh, competitions. Uh, and games like League of Legends or uh, World of Warcraft, I mean, sometimes have millions of people watching at one time all around the world. Wow. Uh, which is crazy. It's, it's bigger than a lot of the sports yeah. uh, that are out there right now. And, uh, and it's fun because you again, you're, you're following these people on social media. It very much is kind of the way an athlete lives their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Most high schools have esports teams now, most colleges as well. Uh, it's getting to the point where in a couple of years, it's going to be competing with, you know, maybe not football, college football or NFL, mm-hmm. but definitely you know, college basketball, baseball and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's really cool. Um, and it is, it is neat that you can interact and like have this community element. And I feel like that's a lot of what, especially your channel has really coalesced around is you, it seems like you really try to be a place of hospitality online for people. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I'm as much as I love being competitive in games and like trying to win. And, you know, we play a lot of Fortnite just because it's the easiest game to either play, you know, as, as aggressively as you want and try to make really fun plays or to just kind of be fun and then read the chat and hang out with people and not worry so much about winning. Um, so as much as I love the competitive part of it, uh, winning a game of Fortnite will never mean any nowhere near as much as connecting with somebody uh, online in a real way. And so we, we, we focus way more on talking to the chat um, mm-hmm. than we do about like actually playing the game. And I liken it to really everything... <laughs> I'm learning. I'm loving this conversation with you and, and thinking about it beforehand um, because I never really thought of competitiveness as a charism or thought about like why I am the way that I am. <laughs> but really the Detroit Lions it, sum it all up like they're and, and the gospel like Jesus and the 12 were underdogs. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, how do they do, share the gospel the way they did across the entire world without any social media? Um, and, and that the Lions are, are underdogs or have been yeah. most of my life. Um, and so I really connect with that, uh, a lot. And so, but, but also since I'm not one of the best Fortnite players in the world, like I'm above average, mm-hmm. um, it really is like watching the lions when you watch me, like when you win one, it's like, Oh, that felt really good. <laughs> Just like when we beat Washington the other day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. That shows you how much I paid attention to, <laughs> to football. And I, and, There's I have, competitiveness. and I have two former students who are on the Washington team. <laughs> so, and I still don't pay attention. Oh, that's that much, incredible. But, Anyway, um, yeah, that's really that, that's uh, well. I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you feel that way about my questions because I, I do feel like I'm a little bit like Jonathan. Why are you the way you are? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm no glad, problem. I'm glad this is this this is good for you. Um, so talking about teams, so uh, football team is uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, what are yeah. what are the other teams that you follow? Do you follow like all sports, or are there are a few that you're like really focused on. Pretty much all sports. Um, in uh, in order for me of my fandom, it goes Detroit Lions, Detroit Red Wings, Michigan football, Michigan basketball. It's the University of Michigan, the Wolverines, not Michigan mm-hmm. State. Um, so Michigan football, Michigan basketball, 
uh, and then Detroit Pistons, Detroit Tigers. And then nice. if you're going to count the United States men's and women's soccer team, mm-hmm. then it goes Lions, U.S. men's, U.S. women's soccer team, and then the rest of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm but only during my, the World Cup. Yeah, only during the World Cup. My, my wife, whenever the World Cup comes around, my wife is always like, gosh, I'm so glad you're not a sports fan, except once every four years because I love the World <laughs> Cup, not the rest of the time. And I'm like, you know, I... Yeah, so <laughs> I definitely love this. The is World this Cup. is man? You're teaching me so much about myself. This is my competitive nature. Like, why why would I watch any other U.S. game when every four years it's the World Cup? Yeah. Why would I watch you know a, a college bowl game when it's not the championship game? Now that they have mm-hmm. a college football playoff, yeah. when it's not, you know if a team like Michigan if they lose anytime in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching them the rest of the season because there's no, almost no chance they're going to get into the football playoff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, to, to the world cup. Yeah. I would, I would say I follow, I follow men's and women's soccer the most for the, the national team. And then, uh, I, f- I follow some of the premier league stuff. I follow like the big teams, Chelsea and Manchester city and Barcelona, Juventus, you know, I, I tend to keep, keep up with the champions league, uh, in Europe and what's going on there. Um, a little bit football the last few years, just cause like I said, I have a few students now who are playing in the NFL. So I try to pay attention to what they're doing. I follow them on social media, but m- mostly it's soccer. I get into the Olympics a little bit. Um, but I, I have kind of been of the mentality of what you were saying before of, I would rather just go out and play rather than watch something. I do watch the Super Bowl, but it's not, um, yeah, I tend to, I, it, it, it's fascinating to, to, to hear your perspective on this. Cause it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not my default, although I do, I do love watching the world cup. I guess, I guess that's when my, my personality changes. Um, do you have any, uh, favorite like athletes or competitors that you just like love and either, either in, in video games or in the world of sports that you're just like, I love this person and here's why. Uh, yeah. So in sports, I think, uh, I mean, I mentioned Tim Tebow. I do, I do love Tim Tebow. I know he's kind of a meme, uh, in the culture today, but I just think he's a great dude. You know, Matthew Stafford is probably my all time favorite, uh, athlete. Um, he, you know, he was, he was the best QB the Lions have ever had. And then he left and went to the Rams, which again, when he left and went to the Rams, like he, he said, he went to the GM and it was his like fifth or sixth head coach and sixth mm-hmm. or seventh offensive coordinator and third GM on the Lions. Um, and he said, I'll still play for you if you want me to, but I would like to try to go win a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. so he would have just sucked it up and, and stayed on a losing team. Uh, and they said, you know what, you've done so much for our city and sent him off to, uh, to the Rams and he won the Super Bowl. I, I knew they would. Wow. Uh, as soon as they, as soon as they got him, I was like, they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Stafford's just a competitor, and I, mm-hmm. I love that he puts he puts his life first and football second, and, and that's what that's what I love about him. But also, like he, I've just never seen anyone like him with the toughness that he mm-hmm. dislocated a shoulder his rookie season against Cleveland. Um, you could hear it pop. He was mic'd up for the game. It's, yes. If you haven't seen it on YouTube. YouTube, Matthew Stafford, Cleveland Browns. It's unbelievable. I watch it every year with my kids. And you can hear his bones just shatter. And and he and he's crying. He's like, ah. And uh, and they take him off the field and there, there's a timeout called and he like gets up on the sideline and goes, I could throw the ball if you need me to throw the ball. Wow. And and, and they goes in for one more play, chucks the ball before he even sees if it's caught. He turns around and rocks right back to the to the sidelines. They win the game on that touchdown. Um, and he doesn't play another snap the rest of the season because he had to have surgery. Um, I just, I love that about him. And then his wife went through a lot of, uh, of health issues. She had to have brain surgery. They have a couple of kids and he would go to the hospital and take care of her every morning. He'd go to the locker room at like 4am till 6am 
And then he would go to the hospital, take care of his wife, and then be there in time for when the rest of the team would show up. Um, so he, he did a good job of just loving his wife and his kids, uh, but also, you know, taking that competitive heart that he had uh, and making the most of it. And then as far as esports goes, I'm going to be a homer and pick. Uh, my little brother was always kind of the underdog um, in any Halo team he played for. He's, mm-hmm. he's ninja, blue-haired streamer guy, um, really good at Fortnite and other games now. But he's always been the underdog in whatever game he plays. And he wins all the time. I think he's the first streamer to ever win, like the first major tournament of like six or seven different games that came out. Wow. And he wasn't the favorite in any of them. Mm-hmm. And cheering for him and watching him like on the big screen uh, with, with my wife, who does not care at all about video games, has always mm-hmm. been super fun as well. <laughs> and he's, he's like kind of a big deal, right? Like in, in this world of, of streaming, like I, I don't know anything about it, but as I understand it, like he's, he's like one of, one of the big names, right? Yeah, he he's the biggest name in streaming, and and for a, he was on Times Person of the Year on their cover of their magazine. He was on Ellen DeGeneres, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Like he Man. he's what brought streaming and video games kind of in general into the forefront of culture and made it okay for it made it not a nerdy thing to do anymore. Stereotypically, mm-hmm. yeah. um, when Fortnite became huge, he was the re- one of the reasons that it did. There was kind of a perfect marriage. He played with Drake, a, a famous rapper, mm-hmm. and that kind of yeah. really was the was the thing that catapulted him forward um but then all of a sudden you see at like famous athletes just doing Fortnite dances on the on the basketball court or yeah, in the end zone uh-huh. yep. like you imagine 15 years ago like someone doing a, a super mario dance like they would have been made fun of for sure, yeah, for sure um, but yeah. now it's like oh my gosh some of these athletes want they play more video games kyler murray just recently had to like have something in his contract that guarantees he watches a certain amount of tape because it's known that he plays too many video games <laughs> Man. Well, that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, so we talked about some of your favorite athletes and competitors. Um, I want to talk specifically about like some specific competitions or specific games. Do you, in your memory of either, again, either video games or sports or like games that stand out to you as just like, this was an awesome game. This was an awesome play. This was, this was an awesome move or something like that. Yeah, so so the Stafford broken arm one is my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. There's another game where we were down like the Lions were down to Dallas by like 24 points or maybe maybe it was a little less like 17 points in the fourth quarter. Stafford led them all the way down the field uh, in a comeback and with about 6 seconds left on the clock instead of spiking the ball, which is what everyone thought he was going to do because it was first mm-hmm. and goal on the one yard line, he'd have maybe two throws. He calls everyone to the line, calls kill, so the whole team thought he was going to spike it. And instead of spiking it, he just jumps over the offensive line and scores the touchdown and wins the game. A, a, a walk away win. It was unbelievable. I was watching it with my, my now wife, but at the time we were dating, and it was kind of her first experience of like sports being mm-hmm. something that you cheer for. Yeah. Like she would always just kind of sit there and be like, oh, yeah, that was okay. I guess I see why you're excited. And this was the first time she like got up and screamed and was like, oh my gosh, let's go. <laughs> and there's to me, like that, it's, I know it sounds maybe kind of lame to people who aren't into sports, but. For me, it's bigger than the sport. I, I love the, the whole underdog story, as I told you. Um, the city of Detroit is an underdog story. of One of the best cities in the world and one of the biggest cities in the world um, from an economy standpoint with you know Ford and the motor, all the motor companies. And then it just crashed and became you know one of the saddest cities um, in Detroit. And so when, they, when the Lions play, when they win, when I cheer for them, I'm not just cheering for them, I'm cheering for the city and mm. um, hoping that the city you know gets inspired by it and then tries to be better and tries to love one another better. I know maybe it seems kind of lame, but that's, that's no, one of my, that's cool. uh, one of my favorite games. 
Yeah, that's really that's really neat. I never thought about it that way. My wife and I went to a, a wedding in Michigan a few years ago, and we we spent a night in Detroit, and we went out, and it's like restaurant, and then like ten empty storefronts, and then like some you know, it's a, a lot of the city just seems empty. It was really really bizarre and and, and weird to see. So I, I can totally see how you know if that's your city, if that's your team, like yeah, the, the Lions don't just stand for a football team. Like they stand for, stand for a lot more. My, my, a lot of my family is from Pittsburgh and it's kind of similar, like o- old industrial town, you know, is one of like yeah. huge, huge, like steel centers. And so like a lot of my cousins and they were very involved in, in sports. My, my grandfather was a scout for the pirates for years. So I've been to a ton of pirates games and uh, just, just kind of that sense of the hometown. And yeah, there, there's very much a sense of this is for Pittsburgh. It's not just for the team. So I think here, here in Washington, DC, everybody's so transitory or hardly anybody is from here. Almost everybody is. Sure. Like, they, they come here from somewhere else. I'm one of the, I grew up here, but I'm one of the few people that I know that grew up here. Most people come from anywhere else. So there's not that kind of sense of owning the place it's more, more in Baltimore, but not so much in DC. So that's, that's, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I think of the yeah. saints. Do you remember, remember the hurricane Katrina, like they used the stadium to house people. You remember that? Yeah, and then yeah. the saints went out and won the super bowl either that year or the year after. And it was like, yeah. man, that city needed it. And it brought yeah. people together and gave people a little bit of joy, even though they may have lost everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I think that's what makes me love it the most. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that before. Okay. So, we're kind of already going there, but let's apply this to the spiritual life. Okay. I'm watching games. I'm playing games. I'm watching other people play games. Is this going to help me in my spiritual walk? Is this going to help me in my vocation? Is this going to help me live the kingdom of God? Is this going to help me be a saint? Is this going to help me to get to heaven? Like, is this just kind of good, clean fun? Is this something more beneficial? Could it even be harmful? Um, I don't know how to, as, as someone who lives and breathes this stuff a lot, how does this fit in with your spiritual walk? Yeah, I mean, I feel like too much of anything, you know, can be can be a little bit harmful. Yeah. Uh, so, I th- I th- like when we do, we stream. I stream a lot. I stream like you know, forty hours a week, and I would say maybe twenty eight of those hours, I'm playing a video game. Um, I could do it for forty. We people sit in front of a t- of a laptop for eight hours a day, and no one says anything about it. But it just, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think sitting in front of a laptop for eight hours a day is healthy. I don't think playing video games for eight to 10 hours a day is healthy. And so we mix it up by doing, um, you know, watch parties with NFL games or whatever it is we're doing. And so I'm not just holding a controller for 40 plus hours a week. Um, so I think the balance is important. Um, and then as far as like the competitive piece goes, we have to keep everything in perspective there. When I was younger, a lion's loss would ruin my week. It would, it wouldn't ruin my day. It would ruin my entire week. I would be crabby. Uh, I, you know, I, I lived in Chicago and so all my, all my bears, you know, friends who were bears fans would rub it in and I let it like affect me personally. I was, if I went to mass on Sunday night, um, I was crabby about the game still and wasn't allowing myself to pray. So I think putting it into perspective that it is just a game, um, and understanding that it has its place for entertainment, for fun, for cheering, but that it's also, it's just a game. There's so many more things in the world that are important, like our prayer life and our spiritual life. Um, and so what I try to do is, is just put all of my priorities in order every single day. And for me, it's God and my prayer life, my spiritual life, my wife and kids, uh, my friends, you know, and my job. And if I'm doing that, uh, and the lions really would be like, and, and other things I enjoy would be like after that. Um, and so as long as I'm putting those things in the right order every single day, I think it can be a really healthy thing and a really fun thing. Um, and and then could even help to, to say like, hey, 
on Sunday, I just went to the Lions game with my wife and my two boys. It was their first time going to the game. We drove, you know, five hours and we went to mass at a place we've never gone to mass to before. And as we drove in, everyone's tailgating, having fun, throwing the footballs around, drinking beers. And, and I was like, Hey, we're going to go into church. We're going to pray because this is the most important thing we're going to do today. Um, and, and that really meant a lot to my, to my kids. Uh, and so I think as long as you're, you have everything in the right order, that it can, it can be good. Yeah, that's cool. I, I saw a meme the other day that said something like guys when they're 12, pick their favorite team and then they let them make it mis- and let, let it make them miserable for the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. We can't be doing that because at the end of the day, there's only one winner every year. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's 31 miserable, you know, fandoms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's something that I feel is good about soccer is there's like so many competitions. There's like the, there's like the cup and the super cup, and then you can win the season, but then you can, you can go to the champions league, you know, like there's a lot of different consolation prizes. You know? <laughs> in, uh, yeah. This in, is in soccer, so Ted Lasso so. and you are the two mm-hmm. reasons why I'm going to get into the premier league. Awesome. Good. Well, yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're definitely going to do a Ted, a Ted Lasso episode at, at some point. Um, but yeah, premier premier league is a, a lot of fun. So, um, I, I've found that there's something about competition that can be really toxic and really bad, but there's something else about competition that can be really, really good. And I know that a lot of times, like I am way better because I was an athlete. Cause I played, you know, I did three sports in high school and I've tried to stay you know, physically fit through my life. And I've played in a, a adult soccer leagues and, and even playing games with my buddies. Like that helped get me through COVID was I you know, couldn't go out with my friends, but we could have a Tuesday game night where we get on and we play destiny and, and do, do something like that. And so that sort of competition, like not only does it, there is a sort of camaraderie that goes with it, but I feel like it, it also can, if you have the right perspective on it, rather than it tearing you down and thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I didn't make it. Oh, that person's better than me. Rather than looking at it with envy, you can kind of look at those people and kind of admire your competitors and, and have a real, see the common humanity with them. And that can, that can challenge you to be better. You know, and as, as a teacher, I would look at other teachers and there's some teachers that were better than me at certain things. And I could look at them and I could get down on myself like, oh, well they're better at this, they're better at that. Or I could see that as like, wow, let's, let's celebrate that. Like, how awesome is that, that they're like that? How, how can I learn? Not that I need to be exactly like them, but maybe I could learn and I could grow in that area. So I think competition in, in all sorts of areas, if we have the right mindset, we can, it can be a really um, healthy thing in, you know, just helping us grow, you know, to say iron sharpens iron. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you just said iron sharpens iron. Cause that's what I was thinking as you were talking. It's a hundred percent true. And if we're, if we're all, especially for Christians, right, if we're all on the, we're all on the same team and we're trying to, to build each other up and not tear each other down, comp- competition is one of the best ways for that because you, you, I always, t- I tell my kids, you'll, you'll learn way more from your losses than you do from your wins. Um, and, and so we can, we can look at those losses and we can, you know, help each other out and be like, Hey, what can we do better next time? You do, and, and affirm people on the way, Hey, you did this really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I think it means a lot. I know it, means, it seems kind of silly to people who aren't into games. Um, but I think that those kind like affirming anyone in general, uh, helps them, you know, maybe treat their family better, their friends better in general. So I think it can be a lot of good things can come from it. 
Yeah, and I think there's even even something that is part of human nature. I mean, if you look back in like archaeological studies and anthropological studies, like there have always been games, like part part of like the rise of consciousness. And they look at like cave walls from like tens of thousands of years ago, and they, they said like, oh, art on the walls, that's a sign that like humans were developing, like out of the Stone Age and developing a consciousness. Like at the same time, like games were developing, and there were there were there were ball games and stick games and all sorts of games. Like that is part of human culture, this recreation, this competitiveness. Um, and so it, I think it is kind of built into us and you're looking like, I just got uh, two new kittens like a few months ago and they love to fight, you know, they love to, to play together. <laughs> and there's so much they learn from that. That's, that's good for them. And, you know, I just think of growing up with my brothers and wrestling with them, or now that I have kids and, and like wrestling with them or, um, you know, even like silly stuff, playing Scrabble with my wife, like there's, there's something to getting together with people and playing games that can just be so good for the human spirit to just play together and just be childlike together. And I feel like that can be a real gospel value. You know, um, Jesus talked about that. I, I, don't, I don't think we have any examples in the gospel of them, of stories of Jesus playing with his disciples, but they were buddies. It was 12 guys hanging out. Like you got to believe there were like some pranks going on. There were some stupid games going on. <laughs> oh, know? for sure. And, and yeah. just a competitiveness between the disciples, right? Like, uh -huh. Uh, you know, who am I going to be at your left or your right? You know, oh, that's who's going to be yeah. in heaven first? Like all that stuff. Like there, there were such bros, uh, -huh. uh, throughout all of it. And Jesus like puts them into, I think he probably admired the fact that they cared, right? Mm -hmm. Like St. Paul at the end got to say that he, you know, he finished the race, he ran well. Um, and, but, but then he used it as a moment to say like, Hey, this is the last will be first kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this kind of charism of, of competition that we've, we've been talking about, you know, sports is a big part of your life. Video games is, is a, a big part of your life. You've even like built your career around it. I want, like, how, how would you say this has impacted you or would you say it's impacted you in terms of your spiritual life? Are there like struggles that you've gone through that you feel like you've learned lessons from, or how, how does that, how does that fit into when, when life has its ups and downs? Yeah. A great question. I, I feel like for me, it's the, uh, I know, it's, it's, for me, it's really good to, uh, to, to, when I'm evaluating my life, uh, which I try to do on a daily or weekly basis, it's very easy for me to tell if I've been praying or if I've been taking time away uh, to spend time with the Lord based on how I'm doing with the competitions in my life. So week one, the Lions game, I, like my wife kind of looked at me, it was a 38-35, they lost, they had a chance to win at the last second. And I let it affect me like more than I let a game affect me in a couple of years. Now I'm a little more hopeful for them this year. It was a great comeback game. It was week one. So it's like the Lions Super Bowl game. Um, and I thought to myself, like, man, I got, I was a little crazy there towards the end of that game. Like I, I did not put God first a lot this week. I'm looking forward to the game. I'm managing my fantasy football lineup, all kinds of stuff. But I looked back and was like, yeah, this week, like I missed daily mass a couple of times and I'm trying to go every day. Uh, and, and when I do that, I'm a much holier person during the competition stuff and I can tell. And so it's kind of a, a barometer for me for how, for how my prayer life and spiritual life is going mm -hmm. um, based on how I'm treating the competitions that I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I find that as well. And even on the flip side of some, sometimes when I can tell I'm like stressed out or anxious or just, you know, getting squirrely sometimes i call it <laughs> I just I, something's wrong and i don't know what it is uh, often i look to prayer i look to like physical activity i've been, I've been working out and have have i been taking time to hang out with friends and a lot of times the best hang out with friends I, I know i don't know if this is way for everybody but i feel like especially for me and my guy friends sometimes even more than like sitting down and having a conversation about what's going on in your life or what's going on in my life like going and playing a game together 
really, really helps. Like playing a video game or when my, my brother and I get together and we haven't seen each other in a while, like sometimes we'll just throw a baseball. And like neither of us like baseball, neither of us watch baseball, neither of us are very good at baseball. But <laughs> just the fact that we're throwing a baseball around together, like that's that's how we bond. And I, I think for guys especially, I don't know, maybe girls can have this too, but uh, doing something cooperative together really helps us bond and and and, and get together. So I, I think sometimes that can, that can really be an emotional help to me just to feel like I got some guys or some people with me, you know, um, doing it with me. So doing life with me. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. I feel like we, as guys, especially, we definitely need that. Like my wife can call any of her friends throughout the day and have a 45 minute conversation. And it's very awesome. And my friends call me and I'm just like, all right, well, that was a good three minutes. Okay, see ya. But if you put, put, give us like a common goal together, whether it's playing yes. a game or whether it's sharing, you know, sharing a, a beer, if you like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like something to do while having yeah. the conversation, I feel like helps guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm, and I'm, you know, my, my wife makes fun of me because I am a talker. I am, I am an extrovert with extrovert sprinkles, she calls me. And I, I love to have deep <laughs> conversations. That's why I host a, a podcast and why I was a teacher. But even for me, like I would rather be be doing something and, and being very active. And when I haven't done that, when I haven't had those games and competitions, I can definitely I can definitely tell, you know. So good, awesome. So uh, for people that aren't into esports or, or or any sport uh, sort of sports, um, and not that everybody has to be into it, but if somebody's interested in saying, huh, you know, maybe maybe I should get more into this, is there a place you would recommend they they get started? Is there a sport that you think has a better fan base and is easier to become a part of, or uh, you know, anybody online, you you know, any communities online that you think are, are good to be a part of? Uh, yeah, so there there are actually as far as as far as I know, I'm the only Catholic full-time content creator there are or on twitch on twitch on, there are others uh, out there um but there are a ton of really cool christian ones uh i think of a guy named pastor Susie, uh who is called Susie live i think on twitch has a great community um mrs ruby uh is is catholic and does some part-time cooking stuff who's great if you're looking to get into the twitch world um for video game stuff i mean it's uh, I, I talk about like parenting all the time with with anything that we're doing when I travel and speak and train people just to make sure that everyone, their kids are safe online. Um, there's some more, there's more toxic communities than non-toxic communities sure. online. I think of games like league of legends or world of Warcraft have been just mm-hmm. notoriously super toxic and you're playing with and against other people and you can hear them talking. Yeah. Um, Fortnite is a relatively chill uh, game and it's fun and there's not a lot of violence or gore in it. It's all kind of cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, Halo is the competitive scene in Halo is still crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the games are almost like always complained about by loyal fans, uh, but the the competitions are still sold out all over the place. Wow! Um, and then there's yeah, those those are the things I think that that come to mind. Mm-hmm. I know I know for me um, when I was starting to get into watching Premier League more and more, uh, doing a fantasy league was really a lot of fun with some friends. Uh, so I, I think if you're looking for a way to get into something with with some community and you know, kind of mine some of these treasures we've been talking about and some of the benefits of being part of these communities. I, I think uh, fantasy leagues is definitely a, a good way. It's a good, good entry point into a sport. So yeah, get a couple of, of your good friends together and do that. It's a blast. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Jonathan, at the beginning of the episode, I told my listeners that we would leave them with a few little gospel tidbits, takeaways that they could use to implement into their life today. So is there one thing from everything we've talked about? Can you think of one thing that kind of sticks with you that you think our listeners should remember? And I'll, I'll do one as well. 
Yes. I, I think so. As this is, this has stuck out to me in our conversation, and then also just in this new business I started throughout the last year. And I, I, I love in scripture when uh, Jesus goes off to pray alone all the time. Mm. Um, to go to go off and to be alone, like as we as we are inundated more and more every single day with technology and screens, and there are good ways to use those things. And so, and now the church is starting to talk about, hey, there's good ways that you can use the internet and your phone and video games and Twitch and sports. Uh, that it can be easy to be like, oh, well, the church says it's good, so I'm just going to completely submerge myself in this all the time. Uh, and it's really good to, to take time away and to be with the Lord and to be in silence and to take breaks from, uh, from social media and from, you know, games, all those kinds of things, everything in moderation. Uh, and, and that just sticks out to me a lot through our conversation and throughout this last year, it can be easy to kind of be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything inappropriate. So it's okay that I'm spending 90 hours a week online. Uh, but it's good. It's important to, to take that time away to be with your friends, with your family, and then to pray in silence with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I was, was sticking out to me from our conversation is just the importance of community and whether that happens through a fantasy league or playing games or, you know, a knitting community or a cooking community on Twitch or something like that, finding people that just help you relax, have fun that you can just be with and kind of de-stress. I think especially in a post COVID world when we spent the last two years, not really being together, I think it's so important to invest in some of those relationships and, and try to find some community. So that's, that's what I'm taking away from this. Jonathan, I, Amen. Uh, I thank you. Yeah. I often ask my guests if they would close us in prayer, kind of reflecting on the things that we talked about at the end of the episode, would you be willing to do that? Of course. All right. And listeners, wherever you are, let's take a moment and let's pray together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this day and for the time that we spent together. We give you thanks for the gift that competition can be and the gift that community can be. We ask that you allow us to, to use those gifts in our own lives every single day to be with us, to guide us, um, and to to really nurture the communities in our lives, to love our families, and to have good, healthy, and holy competition that ultimately always points to you and to the virtues. Yes, you be with all of us, and especially with those people who have no one to pray for them. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan, for being with us. Where can people find you? Uh, Beardedblevins.com has everything on it. Uh, all of our YouTube stuff, our Twitch stuff, um, beardedblevins.com. All right. We will put that in our show notes. So you can go to beardedblevins.com and find out about the awesome ministry that Jonathan is doing. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It is great to talk with you in, uh, well, virtually in person. <laughs> Finally, and uh, listeners, thank you for taking this journey with us again. I know this is a little bit different than our normal episode, uh, but I like to break out of the box a little bit sometimes and do things that are a little bit different. If you have enjoyed the show and you think somebody you know would appreciate this show, I really encourage you to share it. That's how our show grows, and that's how our show has been growing, especially over the last few months. We've seen a lot of growth, and it's because people are sharing it. So take screenshots, send a link to somebody who you think, hey, you, you should listen to this. I think there's some good stuff to say in here. And if you really want to go the extra mile and support our show, please go to Pop Culture Catechism com where you can become a patron of the show. There is our six tiers of giving and you can choose what fits with your tithe or 
your budget. And with that, you get exclusive content. There is uh, perks for each of those six giving levels. And also, uh, even at the lowest level, you get exclusive content. So every episode has exclusive content. Uh, and also all the talks that I give in my speaking ministry also goes along with that. So, um, also gets posted in there as part of the Awaken app. The Awaken app is where our patrons can find all of their exclusive content, but the Awaken app is also free for anyone. It's a great Catholic and Christian community, a little bit less toxic than some other places on social media. There's a great Christian prayer library, Christian music library. It's also a hub for all the Awaken shows, and that's all free for everyone. And then if you're a patron, you get access to the exclusive content. And not just for this show, but we do we run things during Lent and Advent that patrons have access to all the time as well. And a thank you to all our patrons, but especially Brett Hayden, Darlene and Jay McCaffrey, Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Steve and Maggie Hubbard, and Tom and Emily Comberiati. Thank you to all our listeners. We love you and we will see you next time.